Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the Flying Dutchman's best friend, Josh Hemo. Nice. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, We're back to only one Josh this week, so anyone who freaked out about last week about having their routine shaken up, you can chill the fuck out now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you haven't checked out that episode yet, which I don't know how that would be possible, go back and check that because we had our other friend, Josh. From so I got fired on and it was pretty, pretty. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. I think we're gonna have more guests in the future. Hopefully, fingers crossed. If if things work out. (laughs) So yeah, let's not waste any more time and let's hop right into this episode for this week. We check out season one, episode thirteen, Scaredy Pants, and I was a teenage Gary. Scaredy Pants. The French narrator gives us an intro into this Halloween-themed SpongeBob episode. Um, We realize that SpongeBob is at the Krusty Krab, and he's a little bit on edge because of the spookiness of Halloween. And he rushes to get home after, like, smashing all these dishes, a.k.a. cleaning them. (laughs) And right when he's about to leave the door, um, Mr. Krab's like, oh, before you go, do you want to hear a scary story? And like many of us, SpongeBob's like, ah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't want to really, I don't want to hear a scary story. But suddenly is overcome with curiosity and he's like, fine. Mr. Krabs sits him on a log and then he physically grabs a campfire and sets it down in front of SpongeBob and begins telling him the tale of the Flying Dutchman and what happens every Halloween. And he uses a Krabby Patty to kind of symbolize the Flying Dutchman's ship and how he comes and steals the souls which he says look like pickles as he like waves a pickle in front of SpongeBob's face. And he takes the whole souls and he puts them in his soul bag. And then as Mr. Krabs is telling this story, Squidward comes out dressed like the Flying Dutchman right behind SpongeBob and scares him by saying, I've come for your pickle. And SpongeBob freaks out. Mr. Krabs and Squidward um, have a good laugh and make fun of SpongeBob for being uh, such a scaredy pants. SpongeBob flies through... The Krusty Krab, after Squidward scares him one more time, and on the way home, SpongeBob's like on edge still, and he sees a jack-o'-lantern, freaks out. A little kid asks him for candy, he freaks out, and everyone's like scaring him and making fun of him, and finally he makes it back home. And while he's carving a giant pumpkin, he he's confiding to Gary that he doesn't like being scared every year, and every year he's like more scared than the last, and finally Patrick arrives, and he's like, you know, this is my chance to scare Patrick, and he opens the door. And it backfires very quickly on him because Patrick is wearing his Groucho Marx like glasses, nose, mustache situation. And of course, it scares SpongeBob because he's a little weenie. Patrick's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he suggests, and SpongeBob's like, you know what? I always get scared every year. And Patrick's like, well, what if you work on a better costume? So cut to SpongeBob coming out of his closet with a sheet over his head. And Patrick's like, oh, you look like my trick-or-treating bag. And SpongeBob says, no, it's supposed to be the Flying Dutchman. And Patrick, being the bro that he is, like, you know what? This is what you need. Goes into his closet and makes some clogs for him to SpongeBob to put on. And then some trick-or-treaters show up, and Patrick's like, let's scare them. Little kids are easy to scare. And he tries to scare these trick-or-treaters, and it does not work, and they just roast him, calling him a haunted mattress. And SpongeBob's kind of defeated. He goes back, sits on the couch. And while SpongeBob sits on the couch and during that whole situation, Patrick was making a paper ghost. And SpongeBob realizes, oh, 
there's a difference between him and the ghost, and it's because he's square and the ghost is round. So he asked Patrick, why don't you shave my head, aka his physical body, and make him round? So Patrick shaves him, makes him round, and he's perfectly round under this wonderful sheet that he has over his head, and they go out scaring people, which is more just annoying people, not scaring them at all. And Patrick's like, you know, let's crash the Krusty Krab party, and we'll scare everybody. We go to the Krusty Krab, everyone's having a good time, people are dressed up, and suddenly Patrick kills the lights, everyone starts freaking out, and there he lowers SpongeBob on a, on a rope, and everyone's super, super scared because of all the successful theatrics, and then Patrick gets stung by a jellyfish, kind of ruining the whole situation. He drops SpongeBob, SpongeBob's flying all around, and people realize that it's SpongeBob, and they all point and laugh at him. And while everyone's having this great laugh at SpongeBob's expense, the real Flying Dutchman comes into the Krusty Krab all spooky-like, and he decides that I'm going to steal everyone's soul because SpongeBob's costume was the straw that broke the camel's back, and it's the most insulting to the Flying Dutchman's name. So SpongeBob is sad. He's like, I'm not scary. And Dutchman sits him down. He's like, you know, spiders are scary. I'm scary. But you, you're not scary. And he's like, well, I'm going to go back to stealing everyone's soul. So he gets all big, he gets all crazy, he decides the first soul he's going to steal is Spongebob's, pulls off the sheet, and reveals a brain-exposed Spongebob, which scares the crap out of me and everyone else watching, and more importantly, the Flying Dutchman. And everyone runs out, and Patrick's like, oh, well, it's because of your pink hat. And Spongebob's like, no, it's not a hat, it's my brain. And Patrick runs away, and everyone's super scared of Spongebob, so he kind of got his wish for this episode. So, pretty, pretty spooky episode, traumatizing for me. Too spooky and for me. <laughs> obviously, when this episode came out, it was a Halloween situation. So, just so you guys know that, if you guys are listening to this, uh, right when we put out this thing, they're going to be like, why, is, why are they talking about Halloween stuff in July? But Context. Now you know. Some fun facts to start us off. This is the first time we see the Flying Dutchman as a physical being, where the first time we saw him was in Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost as just in like a comic book slash magazine. And then not only this is the only time when we see the Flying Dutchman that his pigtails are not straight. Oh. Also, this is the first Halloween special in the series. Mentioned that a little earlier. First holiday special event, too. So it's like the first time that SpongeBob, you know, I think we've seen that throughout the throughout the episodes that we've experienced. None of them were holiday-specific. And it's the first episode to take place entirely at night. So a lot of firsts for this episode. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a good sign. That means that we witness history at a very young age. <laughs> with SpongeBob and all his, uh, his Halloween festivities. It was, hard. It was funny because I don't really remember this episode. So I think they must have just played it a lot around Halloween. I was always too busy as a kid. I also read on the SpongeBob wiki that it's extremely rare to watch uh, the second half of this episode, the I Was a Teenage Gary, because this episode is so Halloween heavy Yeah, that they only play it around Halloween. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. That makes sense. We again see fire underwater. Like the whole, I was wondering, so he, when he's walking out of the Krusty Krab before they start the ghost story, there's just like logs by the door. I'm like, what's going on here? And he pulls out the campfire. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. They have this whole like little campfire story inside the Krusty Krab. It's like, yeah, that's not very safe. Nah, solid setup though. Solid. Yeah, it was. I just think it's amazing that Mr. Krab uses his claws to like carry physically 
carry an entire bonfire yeah campfire <laughs> situation going on um i really like seeing all squidward kind of like festive because mm-hmm. usually we don't see squidward like participate in anything let alone anything that's fun nah so it was nice seeing him dressed as like the the flying dutchman i noticed that about halloween though in general like a lot of people that don't usually go all out for holidays will usually try to do a little something for halloween i think it's just easier for that holiday i think it's great too like i i do think that it is like a unifier of a holiday where where everyone can kind of let loose a little bit yeah i think that's just the idea it's just like it's an idea it's a day to have fun like dress up maybe get candy maybe get drunk it's up to you (laughs) do you think that spongebob's overreacting as far as being so scared of everything do you think maybe it's just because it's halloween because we haven't seen him this afraid in any other episode Mm -mm. maybe it's just his halloween maybe he's had some bad halloween experiences they did say after the campfire um, story, it's like scary pants gets easier to scare every year. So maybe it's just this hazing that he's been going through every single year at the Krusty Krab. It's more the anticipation that he's going to get scared yeah, every year. It's like, what's going to happen? I do feel a little bit bad for him, though, because he, he was cutting that giant jack o' lantern, which, first of all, I want to mention that. Um, Some Halloween Town the last, vibes there. <laughs> yeah, Halloween Town vibes. But also, if you notice in the episode last week, where he trapped Squidward in the ship in a bottle. Mm-hmm. He writes loser backwards. And when he's carving this pumpkin, he's carving it from the inside. So like SpongeBob has a has a secret skill doing things like flips. Yeah. If that makes sense. So like mirrored mirror image situation. That's not easy. It's it's not. Try writing your name everyone at home, try writing <laughs> your name backwards. Uh you're gonna be bad. It's gonna be a disaster. Guarantee yeah, I would not be able to do that. No, I can't do that at all. <laughs> but yeah, but it was a pretty decent pumpkin, but then he immediately got scared afterwards. Yeah. So, of course, Mudbob's a little weenie. It's fine. We, we can do that. <laughs> got another thing of godlike power through him busting through the Krusty Krab when he got so scared. Oh, yeah. yeah, he flew at yeah. the Krusty Krab. He just like like a rocket. Mm-hmm. Right, again, godlike, godlike power. power. Undeniable. And he talks about how his skin grows back. Like at the very end, he's like, don't worry, guys, it grows back. So I think that's yeah. part of it, too. Or maybe that's just that... the anatomy of a sea sponge with it growing back. Either way. Let's take a moment to just appreciate slash be horrified at the fact that SpongeBob, without his skin slash body slash whatever sponginess, is freaking horrifying. It's pretty scary. <laughs> I was, I, I paused it on just that screen of him like it being revealed as like a brain and like a brain stem i guess and it's unsettling yeah to say the least it's very it's very horrible. he scared the most scariest thing in bikini bottom so yeah good job there which i, I guess he got his little wish i mean yeah. but i don't know if he has any of his friends around i don't know him. not anymore no one wants to see him i'm confused um, though because i've seen like pictures and stuff with spongebob as his like when he's dead or whatever, and he's just bones. But mm-hmm. after shaving all this, there's no bone. There's no bone structure. Maybe a spine. That's like the yellow stem that we see. There's yeah. no other skeleton. So I wonder how his body morphs. Well, maybe he like dries out so hard that it turns into bone. Oh, maybe. That would make sense. Yeah, kinda, maybe, I guess. Kind of like how cor- <laughs> like coral gets hard. Yeah. It's like coral's dead fish, right? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be? Uh, It's a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. yeah. I like, like, I like Mr. Krabs. I like Mr. Krabs and his uh his camp story just in general, just the fact that he's using a patty 
and that the souls ship. look like pickles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it's it's good. I I like a good story like that. It's good storytelling. It seems so like I don't know, silly, but it scares SpongeBob so much. I think it just plays more into how much of a scaredy parent SpongeBob really is in this episode. Also, I want there's some small little lessons that can turn out and I think the the first one that I run into is that last minute costumes aren't the best. Because SpongeBob did not think of a costume until the day of Halloween, and I feel like if you're doing things the day of Halloween, you uh, you need to try harder yeah. for the next year. If you're expecting to scare people or you're expecting to impress people, if you just want, you know, to dress up, sometimes you can get creative in the last minutes. But I'm a firm believer that planned out Halloween costumes are are a little better. Yeah, it depends. If you're going for the wow factor, definitely plan it out. That's kind of what I re- what I said. It's just like if you're going. If you're going to put an effort into Halloween, like make the effort into it. Not do like a day of kind of costume because those never turn out very great. Still celebrate. I think you should celebrate it. But if you want to wow people. Yeah. Put some effort into it. And then very quickly after I saw what I think is the most important lesson for this half of the episode is that young children are the scariest beings of all. Because oh, yes. they can roast <laughs> you into the ground. <laughs> they did it twice. It's like he's the haunted mattress, and they're like, nah. And then when he gets all rounded out, like, I guess the haunted mattress became the haunted sleeping bag. Like, damn. <laughs> but the best one, I think, was the first one because they straight up said it to his face. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, fine, just take your candy. He's, they're like, nah, nah, nah. I'm good. Yeah. This was the, this was candy. a treat enough. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was double. Like, you know, need some ice for that mm-hmm. burn. It's pretty bad. <laughs> You shouldn't put ice on a burn. It's not good for you. <laughs> burn facts. Speaking of other things that are not good, um, know the universal uh, sign for choking. When people are grabbing at their neck and they're obviously not breathing, Pearl, especially your own father. That was so graphic. That was so graphic. The ch- like We've seen choking in the past with Squidward, but the yeah. Mr. Krabs choking, his eyes were like bulging out of his skulls. He was like, his whole face is like distorted. That was crazy. Yeah, it's, that was the it's scariest pretty... part of the episode for me. <laughs> yeah, this whole episode is very traumatic. <laughs> Maybe that's why you didn't remember it. You blocked. Yeah, it out I blocked it. Out. I was like, no, that's too much. It's too much. Um, but the costumes were pretty good in this episode. Like, um, Bride of Frankenstein when Pearl's the uh, Bride of Frankenstein. I really, really like Sandy's costume. She's like a okay, goldfish. Here's... I hate to uh, I hate to rain on your parade, Josh. Oh no! But I have a problem with Sandy's. Oh no! Uh, is Sandy's costume? The equivalent of appropriating someone's culture. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Because think about this. Okay, I want you to imagine you're on a Native American reservation and you dress up in a headdress surrounded by people (laughs) who are Native American at a Halloween party. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sandy basically dressed up like a captive fish in front of a whole sea a fish. Yikes. I wonder if there's not, not, there has to be a less severe equivalent to this, right? I mean this your 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 case is pretty damning though. <laughs> no, I'm going I'm going pretty extreme. Yeah. Like I don't think Sandy again, she's new She didn't mean it. It's it's the late what, still the late nineties in this situation. It's probably still nineteen ninety nine. It's still when this episode came out. There wasn't as much PC stuff out there. Exactly. Yeah. She probably wasn't as educated. I'm sure she's better in the future. We'll find <laughs> out. But it is a it is a not a great look for someone we hold in high regard on this podcast. No. 
Damn. But I will give her something that is a very clever costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that like the fishbowl fish situation. But I do think she needs to uh to think about it mm-hmm. a little bit harder past the past the fact that she <laughs> um is just clever, you know. Sometimes clever things can still be offensive. Yeah. That's a that's a good lesson, especially when considering like costumes or like any kind of outfit. It's like consider the situation, consider your surroundings. Like understand if what you're doing might be offensive and if it is like don't take the chance. It's not worth offending that one person and then ruin that person's night. Yeah. And like especially I don't know, it just comes back to what's the joke you're trying to make? Yeah. You know? Think about it for a little bit. I, I'm giving Sandy the benefit of the doubt because Sandy is a forward forward thinking, progressive uh feminist icon. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> feminist icon that maybe, you know, needs a little bit of help. Yeah. No. We all do sometimes. It's okay. it's okay. Yeah, we all we all slip. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry to rain on your parade, Josh. Well, that's fine. I'm used to it but, from you. But I had I had to mention it. <laughs> Ruining my life. I'm using my I'm using my 2018 goggles to look into the good past. sensibilities. <laughs> I I, tr- I try to be. I try to try to work out. I was relating really hardcore to to Patrick and SpongeBob when he's uh, shaving off SpongeBob's head. Yeah. Because um, I Holmes, tough guy barbershop. In- yeah. Uh, <laughs> Some of you don't know, I have a tough guy barbershop. It'll go Ohm's tough guy barbershop or Omar's tough guy barbershop. You know, we go by multiple names. But because um, our intern Fatima has an undercut, I sometimes have to give it a little bit of a touch up in between haircuts. So uh, I I too know what it's like to be an unskilled barber (laughs) (laughs) cutting off possibly vital, vital organs. You've never gone that short, though. (laughs) <laughs> no, definitely not that short. There are times though when I when I give it a little buzz and like, oh, that's a little bit too much, <laughs> and then I gotta even it out. And then Timo will be like, "Wow, why was it? It's a lot shorter today." And I'm like, "Yep, gotta fix my mistake." Yeah. <laughs> I'm never I'm I never lie to her though. I'm I'm always like, "Yep, I shaved it a little bit too short in a spot, and I had to fix it." So fair. <laughs> yeah, Omar's tough guy barbershop. There's a reason it's free, you know, <laughs> and just for the intern. And just for the intern, um, I guess other people could come, but I do not recommend. Do not recommend. Hard pass. It's a one. It's a one person. Stand show. in a bathtub. <laughs> you st- you stand in a bathtub. You don't sit. Uh, you have to hold your own ear sometimes, <laughs> because I don't know how to deal with that. It's it's rough. It's not great. It's a rough situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> one cool little thing that I noticed in this episode, um, and this is kind of foreshadowing and jumping forward a lot. Um, the uh, in the movie version of SpongeBob, there's this whole musical number at the end, and he's like descending from the ceiling on a rope as a wizard. And this I didn't know, but this is the first time that I noticed like he does this in this episode. He descends from the ceiling on a rope. So I wonder. That's a that's a good observation. Yeah. I completely missed that. Yeah, but I I like that. It is like, like it a, was setting a up. It was setting up. Yeah, that's good. For the same thing. I thought that was really cool. That they, uh, I didn't realize that they did a throwback like that. I think this uh, also leads to another very important lesson that I saw: is proper rigging is important. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Patrick. I understand Patrick's a, a beefy boy, but all it took was one jellyfish sting, and SpongeBob was crashing to the floor. To what 
to any other mortal being who is deaf. But <laughs> for SpongeBob, because he is apparently has no he bones. Had no, he had no brain protection. Yeah, that's an instant concussion. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. I don't like that. I don't like it either. But yeah, I don't, <laughs> especially but it's... in the entertainment industry, like in theater, proper rigging is always super important. And that's a big thing. Like if you don't know like certain knots or how to rig something properly, it might be better to find someone who does know how to do it properly. Just to make it safe. To make sure everyone's going to be okay. Because the worst thing you can possibly do is drop something on someone's head and kill them. Or, dro- or drop a person. Or drop a person. A also, yes. <laughs> But I I do like that we see the Flying Dutchman for the first time and mm-hmm. that he, one, I didn't know he could shoot fire. I don't remember him shooting fire, but he can apparently. Roasted all those fish, quite literally. And then his his soul bag was very cute. It was like a little tote. Yeah. Yeah, a little tote bag. But what I don't get is everyone screams. I don't know. It always shows like in, in media that everyone screams when the lights go out. Mm-hmm. And I've never been found that to be true in real life. There were people are seriously screaming about the lights going out. Like I've been in school where the lights have gone out and then people scream just because it's annoying. But I don't know. It bugged me. I'm like, you guys are adults. Should be screaming. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I think maybe it's just the context of Halloween. Maybe it's just the spookiness of the situation. How do you feel about the fact that the Flying Dutchman is a real entity within... It adds more questions about this universe to me. Again, like, so we have now possible gods, we have superheroes, mm-hmm. and we have now ghosts. Yeah, and so, then also possible new It's really ways. interesting that they add that element to this. Yeah, it's like a, an expansion of the SpongeBob universe that we don't fully understand. Yeah, just like our own universe. We don't really understand ghosts, so mm-hmm. it's good. I'm a, I'm a skeptic. You're a skeptic. <laughs> I'm a ghost skeptic. Talk about it. We'll talk about it in uh, another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I think uh, unless you saw any other small lessons, I think this is good half. I think that's good. good. Nice and spooky. Yeah. yeah. A little light on lessons, but you know, Halloween is a lesson in its it's own. Here for the gag. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump to our bubble break. So going along with the spooky themes of this week's episode, we're going to talk about the ghosts and just the concept of ghosts in our bubble break this week. I know, how do you feel about Ghost Omar? You know, you just mentioned that you're a skeptic, so you want to delve into that a little bit? I know, I said we were going to talk about a dif- different episode, but I feel like this is a good time to just address it. Let's unpack I'm, it now. I'm a, firm, I'm a firm believer that I will not believe in ghosts until I see a ghost with my own two eyes. Yeah? Well, we do. Okay, yeah. so why is that? Because every ghost story I've ever heard about from people like uh, Tima has a couple other people I've known just have a couple where they just been like, Oh, I was doing something and I saw, and then this was always the phrase that comes up out of the corner of my eye. I saw something move or something or, Oh, I woke up and I saw something scary. And I'm just a firm believer in science for one. And two, that, the brain is a very powerful situation. There are people in this world who, unfortunately, their brain deteriorates and they start seeing a lot of different things or whatever uh, mental health situation they have. It doesn't go well for them, and they hallucinate. And whether or not science has yet to prove that they're seeing in like different dimensions or something crazy like that or um, other very like uh, supernatural 
explanations, I just, I won't believe it unless science can prove it to me. I want some hard facts. I like hard facts. And again, unless I've experienced it with my own two eyes where I look at it, go straight in the face and I have my own experience and I'm not under the influence of some type of drug or someone didn't slip something in like my <laughs> everything bagel. Just kidding. My everything my, bagel. Uh, I don't eat everything bagels either. Um, but no, like unless I've been drugged up somehow, or lack of sleep, I'd, or lack of sleep. But even like I've I've gone pretty bad as far as lack of sleep and not experienced any ghost situations. Any time where I'm freaking out and I'm stressed out and I think there's something else in the room, it's because I've already mentally put myself in that spot. Gotcha. I've watched a scary <laughs> movie. I'm driving late at night and I'm like, oh, it'd be so scary. If someone just jumped out like in the scary movies where, like, you hit someone. Like, oh, it's out of nowhere. And then it turns out to be like a ghost. And like, that's what freaks me out. It's my own brain freaking myself out. Fair. All right. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Makes like, sense. You, are you a ghost believer? Um, I don't know. Are I'm, you an idiot? I'm just kidding. Wow. I don't think, I don't think people are idiots. Full blast. You, you believe in ghosts. I don't think you're an Full idiot. Blast. I just think you have more faith than I do All right. in ghosts. Um, I don't know. I've experienced like a couple of like, supernatural stuff i was actually just having this conversation with my mom and my sister the other night um and in our old house i remember seeing like a green like a hand reach out from my sister's room that was like Mm -hmm. an adult male's hand that was like had a green sleeve to it um and i thought i just i always wrote it off i was like oh it's fine you're just you're a kid you're imagining stuff my sister was talking about this the other night and she said she used to see a green hand she just said green hand show her up over in closet like a couple of times throughout our childhood. And I was like, Oh wow, I've never talked to you about this, but I've definitely seen that. And so it's like stuff like that. And I've experienced that with other people. Like they've experienced like same phenomenons that are like, it's really odd. And then you share that experience. Um, but to me, I don't know if it's a ghost so much as I really believe like there's energies out there that we don't necessarily see. And it kind of plays into the science of stuff um, that there are energies that leave impacts in uh, like in the ways that we don't understand in more like metaphysical terms or um uh, just in ways we don't understand and those are what create ghosts so it's like it's different types of energies that we're experiencing so, like more violent ghosts or stuff that people say like harm them or whatever those are just leftover negative emotions that have left a impact in our realm of somehow i could see that because yeah. i i do believe you know um Matter can't be destroyed. Yeah. It can only be, like, you know, whatever yeah, be distributed or whatever the matter, actual... Energy and matter cannot be destroyed or created. It can only be, like, distributed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would believe if in the future we were like, oh, the reason we see ghosts is because, like, you know, when this person died, their matter has so much will inside it or whatever, like, you know, keeps us together. And I think it's, like, too spiritual of a, of a concept for me. Mm-hmm. But, like whatever keeps people together or whatever makes people people, I could see that being like, okay, here's some scientific basis for that. Yeah. And like, I am also like a firm believer, you know, with people who do see ghosts, like maybe it is like an energy thing. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't, I don't think personally from a, uh, that's from a, like a real from that ghost. perspective. Yeah. Again, I, until I see it with my own two eyes and I experience it with my own two eyes and it's in a situation where, I'm not mentally inhibited in like, any way. Not inhibited, but like Altered? influence, I guess. Influence, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because like, you know, 
there are times like one time I woke up like I I had a feeling like a very strong feeling that someone was behind me and I was like sleeping with my face like facing the wall and like I could feel them behind me and I was like super afraid and I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And then when I woke up from this dream, I was in the exact same position that I had was in my dream Ugh. and I had the same exact feeling. Ugh. So like that's real that close to sleep very, paralysis and that's a huge very, fear of mine. Uh. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I I wrote it off as a dream, but some people are like, oh, there was like an evil energy in that room, and like you woke up and stuff like that. Um, but I still go back to like, okay, I was like in middle school, I was a asl- de- dead asleep, and then I woke up, and sleep paralysis is a thing where you like Oof. wake up and you Oof. like can't move and stuff, and it's freaky. I don't like that, and Ugh. I I haven't completely experienced that. I don't think, but it is like. Again, I wasn't in my full capacity, like where I'm like, oh, like I'm awake walking down the street and I had a whole interaction with a human being and then I turned around and that human being doesn't exist anymore and it turns out I was talking to a ghost. Ooh. Yeah. Fair. Like that that hasn't happened to me. But and the thing that Timo is uh gives me crap for is like she'll be like, Oh, well you you still won't go like to scary places or like I don't like I don't put tarot cards, I don't with Ouija boards. I don't with anything like that because in the rare case that there is evidence or I'm wrong, I don't want to be the person who's around with that I don't 100% understand. Yeah. I think and, and those like those safe. are good examples of like I think stuff like that brings invites different kinds of energy. I think those are like those are mediums that bring about like make those energies more apparent. And that's why I I would like I'm trying I'm try, actually am more interested in tarot cards and like getting into stuff like that. Um, but Ouija, I would never touch that. I think that's just asking, like, I don't know, even if it's not real, I think that you just, there's no good that can come from doing something like that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a huge fan. And like, again, I don't even believe Ouija boards really work because I have been in a room with a Ouija board in a haunted hotel, quote unquote. And like, I just think it's people being people moving around. Yeah. But I also am, again, very pro do not, which you don't understand. Mm hmm. In the in the rare chance that you are inviting some type of evil energy into your into your soul, yeah, don't want that. Like, don't need that bad juju. No, and like uh, with tarot cards, I have a hard time. And uh, it's funny because like I have friends that like bust those things out and they'll like you know do readings and stuff. And for me, it's just like I'm such a firm believer that there's so much interpretation. And it, even with this podcast, like everything that we see in the podcast is. And our interpretation yeah. of how we're seeing it. So when I see tarot cards, I just see the same thing. Like, oh, like you have the whatever, whatever a tarot card would be. Nothing's coming to my brain right now. Well, I think but, a good example is always like death. Everyone's like, they always freak out when they see the death card. But the death card can be interpreted as like a change or mm-hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily mean death. And again, yeah, like it's all up interpretation. and It's all up to whoever the psychic or the person reading is like how they interpret what they're seeing. And sometimes it hits close to home. And I think that's just because people, I don't know, it, it, it's, that is a harder subject to tackle. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't feel like we have a complete understanding no. about it. But yeah, yeah solid. All right. <laughs> this, is a, this is a spooky bubble. Yeah. Room. I'm all alone at my apartment. Too. In your this closet. Yeah. <laughs> in my closet. When I open up the closet, maybe I'll see my first ghost. ghost we'll find out. Waiting there. He's like, mm, I don't agree with anything you said. Let me change your mind real quick. <laughs> All right. Act two this week. 
we have another spooky episode. I was a teenage Gary. Ooh. Ooh. So we start out in the daytime at SpongeBob's place. He is playing with Gary. He throws the ball. Gary, being as slow snail as he is, takes forever. It takes him all day to go get that ball. So in the next morning, he brings it back to SpongeBob. And that is the day that him and Patrick are planning to go to a jellyfish convention in Ukulele Bottom. But realizing that it was this weekend, SpongeBob forgot to get a pet sitter. So he f- figures he can't go. But at that moment... Uh, Squidward shows up to his house to ask him to stop please leaving his underwear on his front porch, which I don't understand why Spongebob does that, but whatever. <laughs> we'll unpack that later. He asks Squidward if he can do it, and Squidward, taking the opportunity to get rid of Patrick and Spongebob for three days, was more than happy to do it. So Spongebob walks him through how to feed him. He has a morning and night food routine. And all the stuff uh, that Squidward ignores while he's daydreaming about all the things he's going to do while Spongebob and Patrick are gone. So finally, Spongebob and Patrick can leave. And instead of taking care of Gary, Spongebob wastes no time and pulls out his sun tanning gear and goes out in his lawn and literally sits there for three days and bakes in the sun. He realizes that as the bus back from the convention is coming down the road that he hasn't taken care of Gary at all. So he runs into SpongeBob's house, tries to feed Gary three day, basically three days worth of food, and Gary does not eat. So he tries to leave. SpongeBob comes inside. He's like, "Oh yeah, Gary's fine," and is almost gone when Gary comes into the room all week and basically looking like he's on the brink of death. So instead of being able to leave, they have to call the vet. The vet comes and. Tries and says, well, all right, the snail needs um, some snail plasma to make it feel better. Uh, so they give, instead of injecting himself, the doctor's like, no, nah, I'm too squeamish. <laughs> Gives them the needle and leaves. SpongeBob's like, oh, Squidward, I can't do this. I'm also squeamish. So he gives uh, Squidward the needle. And Pat, again, SpongeBob being squeamish, it freaks out every time Squidward tries to inject uh, Gary with the plasma. Uh, eventually it gets so bad that he accidentally stabs Spongebob in the nose with the plasma. Spongebob starts freaking out, wondering, oh man, what is this going to do to me? What is this going to happen to me? And Squidward reassures him that everything's going to be fine. And so then we see Gary get a drink of water, and that's all he really needed in the end was just some water. So Squidward goes home, and Spongebob sits down to go feed Gary and tries and starts noticing some weird signs. He starts getting the sweats as he sees the snail food, starts eating it, he starts feeling odd, and eventually he transforms in this most in this awful scary scene into a snail. So we flash over to Squidward's house. Um Squidward is getting ready to go to bed when SpongeBob starts knocking at his door and he's a snail. He's trying to get help from Squidward and Squidward freaks out and tries to board up his house, but Spongebob finds a way in. So we see Squidward running around his house, trying to escape Spongebob, ends up wrecking his entire house, and gets stabbed by the snail um, plasma and becomes a snail himself. So the last thing we see is um, Gary, Spongebob, and Squidward, all snails now, sitting on a wall, singing a song. Patrick wakes up, hearing them meow all night long. He says, will you clam up? Throws a shoe, hits Squidward, and they continue singing, and we fade to black, and that's the end of the episode. So that's pretty good. I got some major werewolf vibes from this episode. 
good catch because this whole episode, the name is based off a movie called I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Yep. Yeah, so. It's good. Boom, direct reference. Good I also catch. saw in the wiki, they talk about like that transformation scene um, being a reference to uh, the Pinocchio scene when the kid turns into a donkey. So maybe that's why I felt more scarring. I don't. I didn't really like Pinocchio as a kid. And I think maybe that was why that whole Pinocchio. Pleasure Pinocchio Island is thing. Scary. It is scary. Um, I thought it was very interesting that Gary can get too thin. I want to know what a fat snail and what a thin snail looks like. I am curious the same about every single episode. The appearance of Gary in general, because so when um, Squidward first sees Gary in this episode, when Patrick's like, or SpongeBob's like, "Oh, Gary's my snail." He like retracts. He's like, "Oh, what is that thing? You take care of that thing." So I'm wondering if Gary looks mangy as far as snails go. Like, is he just a wreck of a snail? Because it's all mangy and gross. I'm trying to understand what hmm. his appearance is. Are you trying to figure out if he's like the ugly dog? Yeah, of, he's like or the ugly cat yeah. of uh, a bikini, bikini bottom. bottom. Yeah, I think uh, they dive into it a little bit more. There's like a whole snail run- when he runs away and stuff episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, I don't know. I'm not a snail expert. I don't think snails are very adorable <laughs> creatures, but Gary Gary has a special place in my heart. So maybe maybe he's kind of like a like an ugly dog. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, they're ugly, but it's cute. Pretty cute. Even yeah, like a mutt. Yeah. Fair. I, I I'm can see that. I'm wondering what a, a purebred <laughs> snail looks like. I think you find out what a purebred snail looks like. I think there's like, a right? fancy snail that they show later. We'll we'll find out. We'll keep watching we'll find and find out. out. I got to I got to re- dig back in my my brain hole. I do like that like his brain hole. Little uh Gary's exercise routine. He has a whole hamster wheel to himself. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He moves pretty quick on that thing. He too. does, which doesn't make sense why it takes him literally like 24 hours to find the ball that SpongeBob throws. I think maybe he just gets distracted. Maybe. I feel like there's a lot going on in that shell that we don't know about. Like a real cat just gets distracted. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's just like, I'll fetch that when I want to fetch that. Yeah. I'll come back whenever. <laughs> also, another uh, example of SpongeBob, of SpongeBob with Five O'Clock Shadow. Yeah. Noticed that. Which I thought. Wasn't as intense as before, but yeah. yeah. Do see it again. Only in situations, I guess, where he doesn't sleep well. Because he fell asleep on the. On the couch. On the couch. Yeah. I did notice something weird. The nets that both Patrick and SpongeBob have that they are going to go to the jellyfish convention with have a square opening instead of a circle, which we've seen before. Hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if this is a special kind of net. It could be. Maybe it's meant to catch more jellyfish or maybe like, uh, maybe it's the style. That's oh, yeah. Style it's right a new now. style. The square style. <laughs> yeah, the square style. You, maybe it's more aerodynamic somehow or something. Ooh. We're not jellyfishing experts, Josh. You can't question I can't. The, the uh, yeah, it's my bad. If there is a jellyfishing Sweet. expert out there, can you uh, let us know how a square net works? <laughs> yes. Would a square net be better than a round net? <laughs> Leave it in the... Send us an email. Send us an email, yeah. <laughs> I also think it's very interesting that the jellyfish convention is three days long. Mm-hmm. What do you think they do in those things? I don't know. There must be like go over. Maybe that's what they do. They, they use like a whole day dedicated to different stuff. So like dedicated to nets, right? Mm-hmm. There has to be like techniques, different kinds of jellyfish. I'm sure they have like those crazy parties they have at conventions, right? I've never like really been parties. to a convention. I was just seeing. I've like, been to a workshop. Videos. Is that pretty close? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I've wanted to go to conventions though. There's a film convention that I've been wanting to go to. It's NAB. 
Maybe I should go, but that's in Vegas, so I can understand. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's less about the convention and more about the fact that they're in uh, Ukulele Bottom. Yeah, Ukulele Bottom sounds a lot more fun than Bikini Bottom. So Yeah, that could be the Vegas of... Of, of the Under the, the Sea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also It also makes me wonder if the episode... There's another episode where SpongeBob and Patrick are at... Where they see the Jelly Spotters. Is that a convention that they're at? Where they have Ke- or they meet Kevin for the first time? Maybe. I think they do mention it's like a gathering. Yeah, so I'm trying to I we'll have to wait till we get to that yeah. episode and hopefully we'll remember. We'll remember. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering if this episode the episode where they meet Kevin and they go to that jellyfishing Oh, is the in between. Is the in between. Ooh, I like that. Starting the pieces we together. About, yeah, we were talking about uh, last week how to try to figure out the SpongeBob timeline, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll maybe nice. I'll make that a personal project of mine. <laughs> Start mapping it out again. When Start you get mapping. to the end, you just realize it's a whole Illuminati scheme. I could. I mean, I look forward <laughs> to it. I've always wanted to meet the Illuminati. Check yourself. <laughs> um, I think we should unpack the whole underwear in in, in Squidward's yard thing. I try, I don't. Why would you do that? Like, why does SpongeBob do that? Is it like maybe marking SpongeBob... territory thing? No, maybe SpongeBob was up to some nude shenanigans in front of his. Oh yard. yeah, okay. Maybe he just does or it on a regular basis. Something... Yeah, it could be something more uh, benign. It could be like maybe he uh, washes his clothes old school style, and he like hangs them up on a clothesline, and it just happens to fly in a Squidward's yard. To his yard. Yeah, it's just close, his close underwear consistently. Close pants are the most reliable. Yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, for some reason. Well, I don't know. It's it's cool. It's funny though because his uh his tidy whities aren't square like the rest of his pants are. Maybe because they don't really have to like. They they're more snug. They're more snug. Yeah, they gotta keep all the bits gotta... in. <laughs> Gross. All the sponge. All bits. the sponge bits. SpongeBob sponge bit. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> we saw a little bit of Patrick's. Godlike power in this, he busts a hole in SpongeBob's wall, the star-shaped hole, and instead of going through the open door of the bus to go to the convention, he busts a hole, a starship, a star-shaped hole in the bus. I told you he's a beefy boy. He's, he's a beefy very, boy. Uh, <laughs> he got he the gets muscles. Gets excited too. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a bull. I, a bull uh, can't be stopped. Yeah, <laughs> can't Cannot be, stopped. be stopped. No. Also, we haven't mentioned this, but Squidward for not taking yeah. care of that animal. Yeah. No. If, if I left and someone had like not taken care of my pet to the point where it looked like it was about to die, I'd beat the shit out of that person. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I hope that Squidward paid for that vet bill, even though that vet was, but still paid yeah. for that vet bill. But that was that was a lesson that I got for this episode overall. Was just like if someone gives you the responsibility to take care of their animal or their house, like, and you don't do it, you're basically all over their trust for you and that is a horrible horrible thing to do like you would never want someone to not take care of your house or like let your pet go hungry so why would you do that to someone else and it's also like bad because this is a living creature that is like depending on you 100% dependent on you yeah and just the fact that he just he's like oh I'm not gonna feed him and all just to tan he didn't even get much done no he he wasted his three days just tanning. He was pretty he was pretty tanned by the end of it, but then quickly that tan went away. And he I did notice that's a little thing that we've been saying. He put sunscreen on. So again, put on sunscreen. Yeah, yeah. sunscreen's very yeah. important. 
one thing that I did notice, but I didn't see on the SpongeBob Wiki specifically, but I wanted to get your opinion. Is this the first ever title card that we see that's like a three days later, 15 minutes mm-hmm. later? I think that's very interesting. It's the first time we see it, but it's the also the there's no French narrator. Yeah, yeah. The whole like meme setup of it is just like with the French narrator is how we know it as a culture, and this is the first time we see it, but it's not there. So one that they must introduce it in later, right? Yeah, I think it like must have been like a developed joke, like after like oh maybe we should have them read it, because that's like literally the first time I've ever seen a title card used for time change. Yeah, so far. Yeah. Oh, and since it, like the there's a the fact here in the uh, wiki I see, um, it's not narrated in English, but with a Filipino dub, the narrator does pronounce the time card. So I wonder, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, this works. This sounds good. We'll use this. That <laughs> we'll make that it canon. also could be. That also could be like, um, when did they do the Filipino dub? Because oh, how yeah. big was SpongeBob back in the maybe day? Not. Yeah, maybe it, it was after. Like, they're like, yeah, okay, this is this is canon now, so we gotta set it up. That's hmm. interesting. I should do some digging on that. Yeah. I'll probably forget, but I'll try. Because I think I it did just throw me for a loop because I saw the title card and I was like, <gasps> is he gonna say it? And then I was like, wait, where'd he go? Yeah, there's no, there's no narrator. Um, no, I feel like I feel like this episode in general, but also this half of the episode was just light on the lessons. Yeah. It was uh, like, like I mean, the there's the obvious little... ones like feed people, like feed animals on time, yeah. take care of them properly. And like um, another little one I got was like if, and, and I've had this problem with running with people, not just animals, is when you are given a task to take care of an animal from a doctor or a person, like either that's giving a shot or giving a pill, and you are too squeamish to do it, don't get yourself involved. So like SpongeBob holding Gary. Just let Squidward take care of it. I think because you make it worse. I think people who are too squeamish or too scared to take care of like a medical task end up making a situation so much more worse and so much more difficult. Yeah, because they panic. Yeah, you panic and it causes problems. And then we see here he got stabbed by a syringe, and luckily it was just snail serum. I mean, not luckily he turns into a freaking snail, but like that's like you don't want to get stabbed accidentally like taking someone else's insulin or some other like stuff like that. So again, like just be very weary about. If you are not up to a task, um, especially when it comes to taking care of someone or some sort of medical thing, like just find someone else to do it. You're not, you shouldn't take that responsibility on. I find it very odd, like with me specifically, like I don't think I could ever give myself a shot, mm. but I definitely could give someone else a shot. Oh, yeah. And I consider myself very squeamish when it comes to like my own body because it'd freak me out. But like there was a time where I thought I was going to have to give Tima allergy shots. And I was like, I was a little bit nervous, but I wasn't, like, afraid to do it. I was like, this is my responsibility. I got to go for Let's it. Do it. So I also think that that's another, like, important thing is, like, if you're the only resource for, you know, like, a pet or someone who's trusting you to do this, like, sometimes you just got to you gotta nut up. up. Yeah. It's really it Usually it's not that bad. Like, you'll get over the squeamishness eventually of it, you know? Um when I was younger, I was like probably like ten years old when uh my grandpa had like a he had like cancer in his stomach, and so they mm-hmm. cut it out and like so part of it was he had this hole in his stomach and he had to change the gauze and my mom was the one doing it because my grandma couldn't she was too squeamish to do it, and so my mm-hmm. mom got really sick and you're like oh could you go do this as like a ten year old I'm like oh, okay I'll try it and I was like oh, I was fine and it's just like you gotta get over it like no this person needs it it was like literally a gaping hole in someone's stomach and you just like change the gauze in it 
doesn't really matter. And it's just like something like that. Again, like, you know, someone needs this. They're not capable of doing it itself. You got to get over it for the betterment of that person. And if you can't, again, find someone else who can. You're hardcore, Josh. Yeah, killing it. <laughs> just be like, be like, boom, fixed it. Fixed it. I, could, I, I just imagine you as a 10-year-old just like wiping a, a gaping hole. and something. Like I'm imagining like a giant like hole, but it's probably just not. It was like, that bad. I don't know how big, like probably the size of a dollar. Damn, that's pretty huge. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's great. I also it's like metal, done that Josh. too with like uh, the pokey sticks or the pokey things on um for diabetes. Like when you get your finger poked, people oh. are too squeamish to do that to people. And like I've been able to do it, just poke someone. I'm like, good, you're ready to go. But I can't do it to myself. <laughs> I've tried to do it a couple of times for like do a blood test, and I get so scared trying to poke my own finger. <laughs> I almost every time I get blood drawn, I almost pass out. Oh yeah, is it is it I the needle think... or it? What's... No, I just think about it so oh. much. Like I think about like the blood leaving my arm and then like slowly coming out of my body and into the vial. And I don't even look at it because like some people make the mistake where they look, look at the at needle, it. it goes in and they like stare at it. But for me, I'm like, and the entire time in my head, I'm just like, I'm going to pass out. This is so crazy. It's a suction feel for me. Like I, whenever I get like blood drawn or like get something injected, yeah, yeah. it's like the feeling of something they're taking it. it or pumping out. I'm like, I don't, ugh, I don't like it. Ugh. Ugh. Let's get off this yeah, topic. It's, it's too spooky. Reality, the spookiness of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's too spooky. Um, I thought it was really crazy when SpongeBob was changing into a. Oh snail. yeah, that transformation scene, man. And then also he's like, he's like, it's okay. I'm a lefty. When he loses his arm, that was his left. His arm. left arm, yeah. <laughs> I do uh, like that his shell is his pants, though. His square pants are his is his shell. It's pretty funny. Even though, Squidward as a snail doesn't look too bad. No, it doesn't. It looks like a normal snail. But where did Squidward get his shell? He had a, like a legit snail shell. Maybe he grew his. Maybe. Well, he is a, a man of high class and taste, so maybe he found a shell nearby. He had some pottery that he had done. Some pottery yeah. where he used. I can see that. Some Squidward pottery. Yeah. I can see him having a lot of like fancy pottery like that. Yeah. He deserved it though. <laughs> he can stay. A, he can stay a, a snail for a while for all I care. <laughs> Yeah, he did that again. Another big Squidward moment this episode. It's like mm-hmm. he deserved everything that happened to him in this episode. SpongeBob less so. Like SpongeBob didn't deserve to get turned into a werewolf or uh, not a werewolf, <laughs> uh, a snail. But hundred percent Squidward did, and then he deserved that shoe getting thrown at him, which is like a funny classic trope. I don't know how many like Bugs Bunny cartoons I've seen like cats on walls singing and people throwing shoes at them. Why? Why is that a thing? I don't well, know. I guess maybe people used to do. I, that. Wh- <laughs> When I did move to New York and I did hear two cats going at it and I definitely thought maybe I should uh stop this throw a shoe at <laughs> throw a boot at them. Cats when they have sex are very, very vocal. They get real loud. And it's very scary. It's scary, yeah. It's like screaming. It's like, <laughs> it's like I don't feel like that's going well at all for everyone. <laughs> um but one thing I do wanna mention is that there's so many times I feel like and I don't know if it's because of like how people's healthcare is situation is, but there's so many times where I feel like people should go to the doctor and they don't. Oh yeah, like they should have called that vet and be like, "I just got stabbed with snail plasma." Yeah, ask him like, what will happen? "What's the repercussions?" The what is it? The poison control hotline, whatever the bikini bottom version of that is, uh, uh, needs to be needs to be a needs to be... called yeah. and addressed, <laughs> and hopefully that person can help you out and say like, "Hey." You know, you're going to turn into a snail, but it's going to wear off, so don't worry about so it. So drink a lot of water and you'll be fine. 
Yeah, go or induce vomiting. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever you got to do. But that that is a big thing. Like, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with right now. Like, healthcare is this huge thing, and a lot of people can't afford healthcare. And I, I'm like in that same boat. Like, I have a really hard time justifying spending money on healthcare right now. You know, just because I don't work for a place that has benefits and you know, free me freelance. But that doesn't mean you ha- you can't you have to ignore these problems. Like they will manifest and they will continue to be problems later on. And if you don't address them, it'll just get worse and more expensive usually. And then for me, like for me, I'm very lucky to have healthcare. Uh, but I'm also very anti like not anti doctor. I just hate going to the doctor. <laughs> I- I'm just expecting them to be like, uh, you're gonna die. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I can't tell you how many times like I've been like really sick and I just take I have a regimen that works very quickly and very well. So luckily it's not none of it's been serious, but I'm sure if I went to like the doctor and they just gave me something a little beefier in the medication department, I'd be better Get a lot some quicker. soup, Vix and Sprite, and you're set. <laughs> yeah. I, I just put a bunch of Vix, like a very <laughs> typical Mexican. No, I actually, in case anyone, on it. In, in case anyone is uh interested, um, I did this a lot in college when I didn't have time to go to the doctor. When I did have time, but I just didn't go to the doctor. Dayquil, Nyquil. If your head hurts, ibuprofen. Something like is sore, ibuprofen or Tylenol. And then uh, if you got the Imodium. There you go. I've also realized like a lot of times when you feel. And I've noticed there's a lot of people, it's because you're dehydrated. Big things like drink water. I think it's a lot of things we forget is like a lot of these symptoms like people, oh, I have a headache or my stomach hurts or like I feel really weak. It's because, well, you haven't been drinking water all day, so. Yeah, especially that's important in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's all. We wrung out all the little small lessons yeah. from this one. It was, again, this whole episode, surprisingly not very lesson heavy. Book it on the spooky. But too spooky. Too spooky for me. I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares, John. All right, I want to talk about the big lesson now. Yeah, let's go to the big lesson. We're going to go into our big lessons this week, and like we said, this is really like focused on the Halloween theme. But I feel like you could still grab a uh, overarching lessons from this. It's a little harder this week, but let's see what we got. So, what did you get this week, Omar? All right, this is a bit of a stretch, right. but for me, this entire episode had one thing in common, and that was taking care of others. Oh, okay. So, Patrick, um is a good example because he saw his friend in need and he decides to take care of him. He took care of his haircut, took care of luring him into the Krusty Krab. He even made shoes for him. He cobbled shoes. Oh, that's one thing I didn't mention in the other one. He could make some awesome bootlegs. Some clogs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because you put a flower on those and boom, flipper slippers. Exactly. Hidden skill. hidden hidden (laughs) uh, Hidden skill of Patrick Starr. Proud of him. Um, and then also Squidward not taking care of Gary. It's just like it's like the the yin and yang. We see someone who like cares and someone who doesn't care, and we see the difference. Yeah, and I like that. And then also as a bonus example, Mr. Krabs choking. Yeah, take care of people <laughs> like that. You need to like look around in your life, see how other people are doing, and you know take care of them. Lend a hand, or else you'll be like a Squidward. Yeah, you don't want to be a Squidward. You want to get turned into a snail. No, not all the time. Not all the time. Not all the time. Uh, what did you get, Josh? Um, a big theme I got for this week was um, just committing to something, committing to a gag, committing to responsibilities. So we see in the Halloween and the very first one uh, is just SpongeBob committing to a costume. 
I think if you would have put like if we talked about it a little bit is like if you would put more effort into committing into being scarier, being like an actual flying du- Dutchman costume, he wouldn't have had to go through all the trouble of like shaving his head. Maybe he would have, but who knows? I think it would have been less trouble for him and he wouldn't have gotten called like a haunted mattress and, you know, all this other On stuff. Sleeping bag. Yeah. Um, and then we see it again in the second part with Squidward is just if he would have committed to being a good neighbor or you know taking care of the pet which really wasn't that hard to do he only had to feed him twice like a day yeah and i think i think he said to walk him too once in the morning or like walk him twice yeah i guess there was a whole routine that we missed when he was daydreaming but it probably wasn't that much he probably could have still suntanned in between doing all this stuff but if he would have like committed to it and went to the responsibility he wouldn't have all this extra stuff wouldn't have happened and no one would have got turned into a snail you know wouldn't even go crazy so it's just yeah so if you're Really just commit to the bit. Commit to the bit. There you go. That's the catchphrase. (laughs) Commit to the bit and take care of others. Good. While they're committing to the bit. I liked yours more. I liked yours more this week. (sighs) Thanks. I dig it. (laughs) Um, One of the rare weeks where we're not 100% in the same boat, but still still solid. It covers a lot of bases. Good change. Both ones. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week. Thank you. And hope you weren't too scared. Yeah, yeah it, it was a scary episode, yeah. so I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> sorry not sorry. We, it's our responsibility to to talk about it, regardless of what happens. Mm. So, um, if you want to send us some comments, suggestions, just love notes, <laughs> you Ooh. can do it on ismayonnaiseapodcast.com or email us at ismayonnaiseapodcast at gmail.com. You can um, get some more info and some more memes if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Is Mayo a Podcast. And the same thing on Twitter at Is Mayo a Podcast. I'm starting to be a little bit more active on there. I had a little brief little break of the memes, but I got some memes have been some pretty saucy fire ones this week. coming up. Oh, last week. thank you, Josh. Yeah. The cutting yeah, well, people out of your life one. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely check it out if you don't know what we're talking about, but and share it with your friends. Yeah. And just like the memes, make sure you share this episode and other episodes from our wonderful podcast with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. Again, if you don't know what Stitcher is, if you're an Android user or even an iOS user, if you're looking for a new podcasting app, you can find us on Stitcher and that's a it's a good alternative. I dig it. But yeah, other than that, we'll we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you. But first, I want you to watch out for the Flying Dutchman. Ooh. I've come for your pickle.